Good afternoon. My name is A.M. Weaver, and I'm an independent curator and an art journalist, and I write for innumerable magazines and newspapers throughout the United States and abroad. And today, we have for our blog a guest, Jana van Heijswijk from Rotterdam, Netherlands. She is an internationally acclaimed urban curator who stages interventions in public spaces through and using social engagement. She thus stimulates cultural production by creating new public spaces or remodeling existing ones. She has to her credit a number of durational projects, Cambridge, Habitorials, Denslocken Park Work, and London Two Up, Two Down for the Liverpool Biennial. She's recently received the Keith Haring Fellowship in Art and Activism from Bard College of Art. Welcome, Jana. Thank you, Am, for having me. Do you want to give us a little more information mm -hmm. about your um, background? And you've come to Philadelphia to do an extended project that's taking almost five years of um, research and work to initiate something in that's citywide in Philadelphia. So do you want to talk a little bit about your some of your larger projects that you've done that parallel what's going on with the project in Philly? What about the Freehouse Project? <laughs> I think my, my work is, is predominantly known for its, its long-term durational engagements over time. And this means that I quite often embed myself uh, in um, sort of um, areas or neighborhoods that are undergoing rapid change or that are under the forces of uh, the pressure of globalization. And I bet myself there to work with people in order to strengthen relationships, but also to sometimes assist people in taking matters into their own hands and trying to uh, have a better say about how their futures are formed or how even their immediate environment gets shaped, formed, and governed. And for that, like I said, I work on a number of things. So I worked, for instance, in Liverpool on a project which you mentioned that was called Two Up, Two Down, or, or as we know it in, in popular terms, Home Baked, uh, which was working in an area um, that was undergoing massive uh, regeneration, uh, which actually meant that um, street after street uh, was going to be demolished and houses were board boarded up because people were forced out uh, through imminent domain. Um, and a lot of people there felt like they, they had no longer a say in what was happening or how a future plan would come about because of, because, because of the financial crisis, the new developments that were sort of like planned and proposed were, were put to a stop. And I always remember that one of the community members there uh, once said, like, basically what happens to us is that we are sick, sick of the waiting, sick of the waiting for something to come, sick of the waiting for some kind of future uh, to arrive. And I always remember thinking about it, wow, she describes about this urban condition of, like, uh, um, um, of, of displacement, of, like, boarded-up houses, of, of, of a housing crisis as almost like a physical experience, as an illness, as a sickness. And to me, for that project, it became very important to say something very simple. It's like, let's 
uh, stop waiting and start making again. Let's take matters into our own hands and start producing our own futures again. And I think for me, uh, that was a big lead in into a multi-year uh, uh, process in which we try to literally open back up certain of these boarded up spaces and started to think about what an alternative to the current situation would look like and how it would feel like and, and, and what would happen. And one of the things that became part of it, which is always like sort of like important to the work I'm doing, is that um, um, I set up camp in a, a, an old bakery that just closed a few weeks before to start using that as a studio or as a hub, if you want, to start working with people about, okay, how would this alternative look like? Mm -hmm. And then more and more people started to show up and started to share about how they, they would love to see their neighborhood transforming or changing, but also at the same time addressing issues such as food uh, insecurity or uh, the fact that the bakery was the last place in which you could buy some fresh food in a neighborhood and that had also no closed off. So from working there and from all of this discussion, also the urgencies uh, started to not only create new housing possibilities, but also to look at new conditions for work. And that meant, among others, reopening the bakery uh, uh, as a cooperative uh, run and owned community bakery, which is now, I think, in its four years of operation. And it's a very thriving uh, bakery uh, on the, in the corner uh, of a street in Enfield. So. Excellent. Well, let's go back to talk about what it means to be an urban curator. And maybe you can give us some idea of how you got started in working with community or neighborhood or revitalization initiatives or urban public space interventions. I think urban curator came from a long conversation I had with uh, an, an urban planner called Raoul Benskoten about like actually the, bi the big question is who should care of public space, who should care of the urban. So urban curator is literally coming from the curator aspect of curare, taking care of. Mm. So uh, how sh can we take care of the urban conditions that we are living in? So an urban curator is maybe something that helps uh, setting up systems or, or setting up a structure that can, can allow us to collectively take care uh, of our immediate environment and take care of the urban uh, tissue, the urban condition. Because the way we spoke about it is saying to think about the urban but also about cities, not simply as houses and streets, but as places that have an emotional narrative tissue as well. And that's especially this emotional narrative tissue that creates a sense of belonging or a sense of place or or is actually that tissue is the place in which public space can thrive or is thriving or is public space is cons constituted if you want. So an urban curator is somebody that helps taking care of that mm. urban condition. There's a buzz around town concerning the citywide project that you're engaged with or and we are engaged with in Philadelphia entitled Philadelphia Assembled atmospheres of democracy. What was the underlying impetus behind the initiation of this project? Like with most of the things I get involved in, it sort of stems from an ongoing conversation I have with uh, Carlos Basualdo, who is the chief curation, curator of the uh, Philadelphia Museum of Art. 
around these kind of like issues such as who should take care of public space, who should take care of urban conditions, what is the role of art in that? Like we just spoke before about how this practice also shifted over the years from a community engaged practice to a uh, um, to art and engagement, to art and social justice practice, to now quite often social practice, and how and what the role of uh, a institution or a museum like the PMA still is that. What role should institutions uh, play in this ever-expanding field? And especially, I think, nowadays, also how can uh, um, institutions of art still also provide a space to hold different cultural narratives and how would they do that and how would that look so these conversations we were having ongoing and so he basically said invited me to come and spend by now I am in my fifth years in Philadelphia um, uh, or four and a half year um, uh, thinking about um, uh, about this relationship and thinking about a, a working uh, on fostering uh, that relationship both critically and, 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 and emotionally. And I think what Philadelphia assembled is to me is that I think what happened is that I spent a very long time, the first year and a half, actually listening in into the city about how people would describe their daily conditions, how they would describe Philadelphia, how they would describe the changing landscape of Philadelphia, what they thought the acts of resilience were in the city, where they thought change was housed, who were the active agents of change, uh, what were the topics. So we always say that Philadelphia assembled, um, uh, came together through a process of deep listening, disagreement, speculation, and negotiation. Mm -hmm. Because I think all these earlier conversations were about that. But it also, uh, through that process, uh, I was meeting uh, people that I, uh, that I then invited to become part of what we now call Philadelphia Assembled. Because I've been maybe the one who started the initial conversations, but Philadelphia Assembled, as it's unfolding now, is a collaborative process between a lot of stakeholders in the city that together work on um, on on how they want to amplify these acts of resilience in um, in the city, and I think that process um, that we were were doing uh, and still doing every day that deep listening, disagreement, speculation, and negotiation is actually to seek uh, uh, and reveal commonalities between unconnected individuals and, and, and unanticipated networks of solidarity in order to foster growing communities of resistance. I think that's sort of like... Mm -hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I think, like, like, through all these conversations I met, like, a lot of, uh, like, people that I invited to actually become part of what's now known as Philadelphia Assembled, which is a collaborative effort uh, of different um, stakeholders in the city to think about this changing landscape of Philadelphia. And I think what is sort of like uh, interesting is, and I'm going to give you that uh, now, is that we just recently, after a year of working together, we sort of like wrote down our core values. Uh, and I think um, I just want to say about what Philadelphia actually tries, Philadelphia Assembled actually tries to be. So it says, through a process of deep listening, disagreement, speculation, and negotiation, 
Philadelphia Assembled seeks to reveal commonalities between unconnected individuals and unanticipated networks of solidarity in order to foster growing communities of resistance. Radicalized by nationwide mental, physical, and social instability in the current political climate, Philadelphia Assembled speaks to many urgencies throughout the city, from mass incarceration to LGBTQ rights to indigenous sovereignty to giving and receiving sanctuary to decolonize futures. Philadelphia Assembly holds a deep respect for the sustained commitment and work of each PHL collaborator and organization. In order to continue to build and grow this project, the collaborative artistic team honors a core set of values, transparency, collaborative learning, and radical inclusivity. And this is what we just wrote as a group. And mm. I think what is very important is that it actually uh, 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 sort of like uh, emphasize that we are a, what we call artistic team, that we are a collaborative effort of people that come together in Philadelphia uh, assembled to basically amplify the amazing work that is done uh, in, in this city nowadays. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go to now when we first met you had categories or concepts of atmospheres as you call them to begin your work in Philadelphia and you outlined sanctuary, sovereignty, futures and reconstruction. How did you arrive at these atmosphere topics and was it something particular to Philadelphia that led you to Talk about these four, these four areas. Yeah, I think in my initial conversations where I asked people about, you know, this act of resilience in the city, where are they housed, who's housing them, I, I had over 300 or maybe almost 400 conversations in the city. And I think a lot of like, like sort of like recurrent uh, um, urgencies came up and were, which were people, uh, were talking to or referring to them, and uh, and certain things were sort of like starting to echo uh, more and more, and they became the five atmospheres. If you were just uh, if you were just mentioning, but because people talked a lot about reconstructions, people talked about uh, the way um, to the way histories needs to be re rewritten or are rewritten in the city. Uh, but people also talked uh, about uh, rewriting histories through the lenses of mass incarceration and gentrification. So, like about reconstructing narratives, but also uh, from, uh, uh, but also about uh, literally the way the city is changing and the amount of building that's going on and what does that do to neighborhoods? What does that do to the texture of Philadelphia? Um, but also looking at the area of reconstruction um, uh, and and how uh, um, there that's still echoing uh, today. So reconstructions was something that came up in many conversations. So mm -hmm. that's why it became uh, an atmosphere because they were topical. There were things that people kept uh, referring to as important issues. And like, for instance, like sovereignty came about because people started to talk about uh, unity and self-determination and freedom, talking about the empty lots uh, in the city and uh, urban farming and food justice and uh, land rights. But people were also talking about economic sovereignty, about cooperative movements uh, and all the kind of things. That was something that echoed uh, a lot uh, as well. So that 
like I, s I said, like that also was a, a an issue that came uh, to the forefront. So that was why sovereignty is another one. Uh, futures came about a lot. People talked about the multiple futures and what we are doing, how we actually retake the past to actually work in the present to what they sometimes say, decolonize our future. So how do we have a say in that? How do we work at it in the right here and now? And that came through people talking about education and how important education is in the city. People talked about um, um, qu quantum futurism, uh, about all kind of things dealing with how we possibly collectively imagine uh, um, a future or even multiple futures. Mm. And then sanctuary. sanctuary, I mean, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia status as a sanctuary city uh, came up a, a, lo a lot, but also what does it mean to provide safe space or to receive safe, sp safe space? And do we have a clear understanding of what safe space is? And um, um, so people talked about models for self-care, asylum, and refugee across Philadelphia. And I think so that became also um, a very important topic and then as the last atmosphere we always said it was movement it's like how can we build together mm -hmm. how can we coordinate how can we create networks of solidarity that can foster some of the work that is done so in movement there is always i say all the vehicles of vehicles of dissemination so there's the talking the ideating the the moving things forward mm -hmm. Okay, well, you sort of answered my next point, which was to talk about the goals and functions of each atmosphere. And by the way, why the word atmosphere? I think because I understood them not as like um, a singular, like sort of like defined uh, um, concepts, but as things that are more porous and that are in that sense, you could say atmospheric. Um, uh, and, and also uh, that uh, still need uh, to be sort of like uh, worked at, so in that sense. And because of um, a text I, I read that was called Atmospheres of Democracy about, you know, the way that uh, an, an atmosphere is not only more porous, but also is something that in its becoming it actually contextualized. So I like that. I like that more than saying like, we now talk about mass, mass incarceration or we talk about uh, mm. single uh, uh, single issues, but we talk about a complexity of issues that we have to work through. through. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, can you give some insight into your organizing tactics? I know that you worked, did you work with a team when you first came to Philadelphia? You interviewed over three to four hundred people. Were you doing that on your own? And were they informal? Were they formal? Um, how do you set out to initiate these urban uh, interventions? Um, in this case, what I I did is um, I start with conversations, and I try to have as many conversations as I can that are not, um, um, let's say, pre-inscribed pre or already pre-configured. So I try to uh, um, move about it in a, in a, in a way that, that allows me to get as wide as a, as a, as a listening into uh, the urban conditions as I can. So what I did is um, 
I asked people that I worked with outside of Philadelphia that I knew that had a relationship to Philadelphia to introduce me to somebody in Philadelphia um, that uh, preferably was not involved in the arts because that's where I started uh, to if this person would maybe have me over for a coffee. So my first uh, conversations were in people's houses over a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. to, uh, uh, talking with them, like I said, how they perceived Philadelphia, where they thought the city was changing, what the city meant for them. And then I asked every meeting some to basically if people thought I should meet somebody else. Mm -hmm. So people would move me on from one to the other. And then in the later part, I started to look at like, okay, what are the cross connections? You know, and whose people do I meet like three times on, on my list? Um, and then I st also slowly started to look at what I, which conversation I'm maybe not having. So mm. uh, where I should focus especially. And then I started to also, you know, uh, started to sort of like go to more classical art spaces and, and like, like other institutions and conversations. Mm -hmm. But to give you an example, like for instance, somebody uh, um, that I worked with, um, around the Freehouse project, uh, Ashraf Osman, uh, that um, he, I knew he that he lived in Philadelphia for a while um, with, the, um, uh, with his uh, parent-in-law, and he introduced me to all the people in uh, the street he lived in, so to all his former neighbors. He mm. all sent them a note and asked him if they could meet me. And uh, so I met them and, uh, and just started it from there. And somebody else introduced me to her stepmom in the city who was actually working in a hospital. So, and just, so there were just conversations and I, the beginning I did them alone and then slowly uh, like Phoebe started joining and other people started joining to, to have those uh, conversations. And, and I think what is important to say from that, that from that, I think all these notions uh, that now are the atmospheres uh, came about, but also people that I felt should be part of the of the journey and as soon as let's say this group of people which we call now the editors uh, were known I I thought one of the also very important things to do in this uh, this kind of practice is to what I call um, um, cut the artistic persona or this idea of the individual artist into uh, a group which, which we are now, Philadelphia Assembled has an artistic team that is actually doing the work. And I'm a member of the artistic team. I'm not the lead artist. I'm not the leader of the team. I think that's always very important to keep underwriting that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. Um, that you're not the lead artist, because I know even when artists initiate group or community-based projects, they still may take a lead in it. But I'm really curious. Now this project is um, the different atmospheres and the editors of the atmospheres are working in various communities and various public sites throughout the city. Now um, ultimately there will be something at the Perlman building dedicated to this project in the fall and will exist for three months. and. How do you hope to remodel or model the public spaces through the Philadelphia Assemble Project 
especially in the Philadelphia Museum of Art? How, what, give us an idea what that may be or what that may look like, or if you do know at this point. I think that's currently the most asked question. How <laughs> will it look? Uh, I think like we are now thinking about you know which sites we are amplifying in the city, uh, work that's already done in the city, which we highlight, which we collectively build upon. And we are thinking about what are we going to move back from uh, all the work that's that's being developed now or that's already developing back to the permanent building. And like from the beginning, I uh, always um, um, also thought like there is a, um, a um, an interesting book about uh, atmospheres and curating um, where um, uh, Dorner talks about the uh, idea that art should always be shown in context and I always like that very much. And I also been thinking uh, a lot around uh, the PMA's like sort of period rooms uh, and um, as they are strange algamates of their time uh, that people uh, that might give you an idea. And I always wondered what would a contemporary period room of Philadelphia look like? Like what would be on the walls, what would be on the table, what would come through the through the radio, what would what would be on the TV, which books would be there, what newspaper articles would be there. And I think if we think back, I think about what we assemble together in the Promo building, it will be those things we feel can uh, help telling, uh, let's say, and narrating that what's what is happening right now in Philadelphia through objects, through uh, artifacts, through artworks, through film, through music, through performance, through through all of these uh, these things. So literally, the Perlman, as we always say, would become uh, a stage where the city is performed in all its 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 complexity through these various lenses. So I think there will be a sovereignty room, but what will the sovereignty room hold? You know. And I think we're not sure yet, but we are, we're we're working on it. Let's backtrack and take one, maybe one of your choice, one of the atmospheres, and give an overview of what their sites, what they're doing on the each each atmosphere has been assigned two sites in the city, and give an example of the kind of work they're doing in these public spaces in various communities around the city. So let's take one atmosphere and sort of break it down really briefly because we're running out of time, I think. Which one? I think um, one one example would be, for instance, um, um, one of the sovereignty sites, which is uh, 52nd Street uh, Business Corridor uh, with uh, the center focus on the African Cultural uh, Art Forum, uh, where we actually will look into uh, a sovereignty marketplace and about what uh, like um, economic justice means and cooperative uh, um, uh, economies. And uh, we are building there, uh, among others, a sovereignty room, which also in the future can be used to keep addressing this, this, this complex concept. But mm -hmm. we're also going to work at creating a sovereign, sovereign marketplace in which we will have a one day a big 
festival around all mm -hmm. the different uh, different ways uh, people make uh, products uh, to, su to, su to sustain themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Sovereignty also is working on five gardens, urban gardens. Yeah, the second side. Farms, as they're called. Yeah, the second side is five uh, farms in the uh, four farms in the north of Philly. Uh, in which they talk about seed, seed keeping, about um, um, environmental justice, about food justice, and uh, where they will create a program with teachings and um, teachings and workshops that uh, are um, um, uh, about these issues. Mm -hmm. What does this project mean to the Philadelphia Museum of Art? And why is such a project significant for this institution at this time? I think it's a question I would say you should ask the PMA. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but I think like, I think they are also questioning their position and their relationship with the city and also asking themselves how an encyclopedic institution like the PMA at this moment in time can become a place in which it can also hold diverse cultural narratives and how it can have a relationship uh, with the not only contemporary art but with uh, the, the things that are happening right here and now. And especially, I think, given what is going on everywhere, I think all major institutions dealing with contemporary art are also thinking about how can they be, can they be an open and safe space for a diverse uh, set of imagery and, and more inclusive idea about right. cultural uh, uh, practices cultural practices right, right. and i think they from the beginning it's always been very important that this project is also as much collaborators as we have from the outside as many collaborators we have from the inside as well i mean the pma all said they are a collaborator in philadelphia assemble um, so from all different departments uh, people are actively participating in the working groups, in the atmospheres, to help uh, move uh, things along with with everybody. And I think that's an amazing thing to see. It's not always very easy. I mean, it's a massive institution, uh, but there is a true willingness to maybe uh, um, also create more a more porous situation. And that's also why we, we go for the Pullman building, because we can have the whole ground floor of the Pullman building to actually look at what these new relationships that we are building, how, how will they look like, but also how, how can they be maybe hold in the future. And I always say, like, the first time I spoke about it, said, like, this project is not a project about outreach, about reaching out into communities. This pr is a project about inreach. How can communities and things that are happening in the, in the city reach into the museum and have avenues in which they can actually also in the future after this project have a longer like collaborative relationships. Well, this is very exciting, a very exciting project for Philadelphia and for PMA. It's a new director for PMA, I would say, because they've been always that institution on the hill and sort of isolated in that kind of thing that they're embracing, um, opening their, um, resources and personnel and energies to diversify audiences, to diversify, to talk about what's going on in the city at large is very um, encouraging. So thank you, Janet.
Thank you, A.M., and thank you for also being a person on that journey, because it is a quite... Uh, yes, it's been quite a journey. It's quite a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I talk too much. 